Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the In No Hurry podcast. I am your host, Colt Douglas Claiborne. Happy to be back with you again this week for another episode. And I'm super excited about this week's guest. It is my Sports Spectrum boss, Jason Romano. Jason is the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. Formerly was a producer at ESPN, worked with the Mike and Mike show and a number of others, but just an awesome guy. He has been on our podcast before already back almost a couple years ago whenever we first started this and I really enjoyed talking to Jason. Obviously, get to work with him at Sports Spectrum and just love what he's got to say about how sports have really been beneficial to a lot of people over the past year and a half with the pandemic and kind of how we've used that to help navigate everything going on in our lives. Jason's also the author of a couple of books. Most recently, The Uniform of Leadership came out last summer. It's a book about a lot of stories from his days at ESPN about leadership and people that he's come across that he feels like have been great leaders and have great stories of leadership. But he's also got a book called Live to Forgive, where he talks about forgiving his alcoholic father. And so we'll touch on that a little bit and the idea of forgiveness. And I just love what he's got to say about that. So you guys will enjoy this. You'll enjoy hearing from Jason. Thanks for tuning in. Here is my conversation with Jason Romano. Well, I'm happy to be back joined by my boss now, I guess. Last time we talked, that was not the case, uh, but I'm back with Jason Romano of Sports Spectrum and formerly of ESPN, two-time author, all kinds of accolades to your name. But Jason, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? Yeah. Cole, what's up, buddy? Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, I don't know if I've told you this, but the last time we talked, um, it was early of 2020 and that conversation really kind of changed the course, at least for my life, because that was where you and I connected. And I started writing for Sports Spectrum and then now obviously working part time. And it's been a it's been an awesome relationship. And I think back even the summer before that, uh, Stephen Copeland, who is your co-author on this book, is the one who I, I got in contact with him through a mutual friend from my hometown in Evansville. And just all of that domino effect just kind of has it's been cool to see like God's faithfulness throughout the last couple of years and uh, doing something that I love doing, talking about faith and sports and getting to write about it and, uh, you know, produce some podcasts and, and just like meet people that I never thought I'd meet like Matt Holiday and, and like working with you. It's just been a, it's been a great year. So I don't know if I've ever told you that, but, but thank you for <laughs> this opportunity in this past year. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Well, you're welcome. I didn't realize that was early 2020. I, I didn't yeah. remember the dates because everything kind of runs together. Yeah. But that's not that long ago. And when right. I think about um, all that took place probably after our conversation, because I think it was right before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but it allowed us to meet. It allowed me to see the talent that you had. It allowed us to bring you in. You've done a great job with us, um, even hosting a couple podcasts with Sports Spectrum, but working behind the scenes with you know some of our talent on our podcast, doing the writing that you've been doing, uh, it's good work. And we're just glad to have you on our team and glad that we connected um, because we're missionally minded, which I like to tell people is so important when you're working, um, you know, in a, in a space like we have with Sports Spectrum is, you know, we have to remember that we have to kind of step out of the way of ourselves with the work that we're doing because we want to point people to, to something greater. So yeah. I'm glad that you're aboard, buddy. It's good to Good to be here again with you, and uh, hopefully we'll keep this this train rolling a little bit. Yeah, as you as you hinted there, a lot has happened since we talked last, namely yes. a global pandemic, which has <laughs> greatly affected our uh, the, the sports that we love. And that obviously, that's just one small part of it, but that's kind of where we spend a lot of time talking. And when you think back to this past year, just of how sports were affected, I was listening to an ESPN 30 for 30 podcast a few weeks ago on it was called March 13th 2020 and it was about the day that the NBA and everything shut down and it was it was crazy just to, I remember that I was at a I was at a show in Louisville um, a, a comedy show it was one of the last things that Emily and I went to and we were mm -hmm. out to eat with one of our friends and watching on the news and all that stuff was coming down and it was like okay if the NBA is shutting down that means MLB is probably going to shut down that means probably everything else is going to shut down probably no NCAA tournament and obviously the whole 2020 was, was wild. You know, we had baseball with no fans in it. We had football with very little fans in it we had until the tournament in March with no fans, just as a sports fan, how were you able to navigate this past year and a half? And I guess, I guess reconcile what maybe is the best word, reconcile the fact that sports did look different for a time. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember March 12th, I think it was, which was the Wednesday night, I think. Yeah. And 
March 13th, I think was the Thursday when everything shut down and there was yeah. spring training baseball and, you know, conference tournaments and basketball. March 12th, I was upstairs um, getting ready to go to bed and I was just kind of on my phone and my wife's next to me and um, everything happened in a, in, a, in a span of like an hour. Uh, the Rudy Gobert stuff with Utah, the game being canceled, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting that the NBA has suspended the season. I remember seeing that and my eyes went like, <laughs> they look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. They were so big. And I was just like, what just happened? And then I can't remember what the other thing was. There was like a third thing. And then the fourth thing was Tom Hanks on Twitter yep. announces he has COVID uh, early on. Right. And he's like in Australia, I think with his wife. And, and I'm like, I remember saying something like our pets heads are falling off. Like it was just one of those moments from dumb and dumber where everything's happening and the, the world is coming to an end and it was just nuts. And then I remember being on like my buddy's radio show in Albany, New York, a couple days later. And we were talking about this because everything had been shut down. It was so uncertain. And we were like, will it be a month? I remember the president saying, you know, by Easter, this thing will be gone and we'll be back to normal. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't know what to believe or who to believe. Um, you know, masks weren't even a thing for like another month. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do remember people were going to the grocery store and buying all the toilet paper. <laughs> and I didn't understand that. Like, how many times do we really need to go to the bathroom during a pandemic? Is it any different yeah. than the amount of time we normally have to go? Of course not. <laughs> um, but we were buying all the toilet paper. And once everybody's buying it, now we're all freaking out. And we're trying to go online. And Amazon had toilet paper that was like $60 for like a 12 pack because they were prices were, I mean, it was just nuts. It was chaos and uncertainty. And then when I was on that radio show, those guys asked me, what will sports look like? What do you think it's going to look like going forward? Will they even play? And I went to to these guys and I didn't know kind of what I was saying. I was just making a guess. It wasn't even an educated guess, but I'm watching and I'm like, I don't know how there's going to be sports again this year mm -hmm. in 2020 i remember going on back in in right before the draft the nfl draft on that same show and i said i still don't know how there's going to be football and i never thought about the fact that there could be sports without fans yeah i just thought you're not going to gather 50,000 people together in a stadium with this virus so there's no way they could play but then as we got to like the summer, early summer, I saw baseball starting to think about, okay, I think we can play games, but there was these bubbles being talked about and the 2020 baseball season was just so wow. weird and bizarre. Yeah. The 2020 um, NBA season, the end of it, the bubble year <clears throat> in Orlando, I think they pulled it off pretty well, but that was bizarre. Yeah. You know, and I'm watching it. And I think the as a fan watching on television, I could watch sports and still have the same feeling, whether there's fans or not, especially if I have a rooting interest in a specific team. Mm -hmm. But it was just different. And even football last year, the NFL college had some fans, um, not as many, especially in the South, you know, 20,000 out of like 100,000 seat stadium. Right. But the NFL had no fans and the majority of their stadiums. In fact, I, as I talked to you, I just came back. I was at um, a New York Jets game a couple of days ago at the uh, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, and there was 65 or 70,000 fans there. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Like, I didn't have a rooting interest in the game. It was the Jets and the Titans, but it was just great to be at a stadium with 65,000 people. And it, a little bit, a little bit of it felt weird because we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but clearly with vaccines and things and the fact that we're outside and we understand it's less transmissible outside, we can gather together yeah. and not feel like we're living in fear. Sports was weird last year, Cole, uh, in 2020, because it was a great escape. You know, the Michael Jordan documentary really started with that yeah. last dance on ESPN. Like, yeah. we just needed something. Yeah. And thankfully, they moved that up. And it was a great respite for a couple of months. But once we had real sports back, it still was weird to watch. 
it's weird to watch a baseball game when a guy hits a grand slam homer to win the game and all you hear is like 20 people from the dugout maybe some crowd noise pumped into the stadium too yeah oh i hate fake crowd noise. don't get me started on that <laughs> and the but cardboard cutout fans were also horrible but those were weird yeah i get it like for the first couple games to honor the fans but the rest of it was like just strange but <laughs> It was, it was, it's, it's also another chance for me to think back as I, the older I get about the importance of sports, but the importance of sports fans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's still sports. So it important. The word important is, has to be taken with a grain of salt because there's way more important things happening in the world, especially last year with all the social justice and just people getting sick from COVID, um, you know, all the political discourse, like things that were um, really terrible things and, and sports helped provide an escape and a, a little bit of a unity in that because we can all unify in sports, but also, you know, just thinking about the fact that there are way more important things happening. So we, we don't need to take this so seriously. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of ramp, rambling here a lot yeah. because there's a lot of thoughts that come to my mind. Yeah. I think overall though, I was happy to have sports back any kind of sports, even without fans. But knowing that um, this is, you know, this this COVID stuff was looming the whole time. I mean, what what was it? The Marlins that had the major breakout last year. I think the Cardinals. Cardinals had one too. Um, yeah. Had a big breakout uh, last year. You know, with with uh, a lot of guys getting it and having. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to having like a guy like Wayne right back on the podcast to reflect um, on last year because I would yeah. love to hear the stories of what was really going on in those bubbles. Just crazy. Yeah, it was just so like I I talked to Matt last year on my show and he was talking about watching games and he was like, I just I'm watching this game right now and there's cardboard fans in the in the stands and it's like I'm not even don't even feel like I'm watching. It's like it feels like you're watching like a scrimmage on a backfield because it's just there's no a backfield of spring training. Like there's no there's no environment there. So we we've gotten to go, my wife and I have gotten to go to a couple of baseball games this year. We went to a Padres game in San Diego, then we went to a Cardinals game. Uh, in September and yeah. it was it was nice to be back in a stadium where there were full fans and it was like I I didn't get to go to I think 2020 was the first year that I can remember a really long time that I didn't go to any baseball game and I don't know that I went to any I mean I maybe went to a couple well nobody did by the yeah. way Cole <laughs> well yeah yeah like you, were, I, I, you weren't alone there <laughs> and I was like and I was like well I can't blame myself for that because I wasn't allowed to be there but like I just was thinking I was like man that's just crazy like I haven't been been to a game this year. And then uh, I think the only things that I went to were a couple of Western Kentucky university stuff here in Bowling Green, and it was still very limited crowds. And it just, it's been nice to be back at a stadium and enjoy the atmosphere and just watching like an sec game on a Saturday, whenever the, like I was watching the Ole Miss and Alabama game this past Saturday. And it's like, that looks awesome. (laughs) Like like there's there's fans and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it was weird because I remember, uh january of 2020 obviously kobe had just passed mm-hmm. and that was tragic and that week after I, I arrive in miami to find out the news that kobe had passed i was on an airplane when i got the news and then i get to miami and i'm there for the week covering the super bowl for sports spectrum and then john ackerman my, my managing editor and co-worker you know john he, he arrives and we're kind of like glass-eyed like this just happened to kobe so we're covering the Super Bowl, but then I said, hey, there's a, a Miami Heat-Boston Celtic game at the arena, American Airlines Arena in Miami. You want to go? He's like, yeah. So I got tickets on a Tuesday night. Um, we went to see the Heat and the Celtics, and Boston won. It was a good game. We didn't realize it was going to be a prelude to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Uh, but I also didn't realize that it was going to be the last sporting event that I attended in person until sometime in 2021 and i'm trying to remember now off the top of my head what was the first sporting event that i went to this year in 2021 and i think i think it was uh the local minor league baseball team the hartford yard goats the double a <laughs> affiliate of the colorado rockies minor league nicknames are amazing by the way yeah they are <laughs> but the Hartford Yard Goats game, and there was about 3,000 people, and it was in, I think it was early July, and we went, and I brought my wife, brought my daughter, and there was a little bit of an underlying feeling like, is this okay to do? But it was great. 
It was so great to be back in the stands. I mean, I went to my nephew's high school football game, I think in April, they were playing some April games. I went to my daughter's softball game in April um, outside, but those aren't like large sporting events. They have like a hundred people there. Right. To go to a big event, like a minor league baseball game, and then to go to a Mets game, which we went to at the end of, or early part of August, uh, with 50,000 people there was just great to be back at a stadium with fans. It was just wonderful. And, um, I'm glad that we're, we're back and I think we're going to be back for a while. I mean, it's, I mean, the global pandemic this is the first one in a hundred years. So hopefully there's not another one for a while. And, you know, yeah. you and I are long, long gone with the Lord before uh, we have to deal with something like this again. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It's just, I never thought that I'd, I, I just, I remember like I, at my last school, I was, a, I still am a high school tennis coach, but the, when the pandemic hit, that was going to be my last season coaching at that school that I had invested three or four years in. And the girls team that I was going to coach in the spring, I had like six seniors that I was really looking forward to coaching. And it was mm-hmm. going to be like kind of my last hurrah. Like I wasn't teaching that year, but I was going to go back to Indiana and coach that, that spring. And I was really looking forward to it. And we, we had one summer or we had one spring practice. And the next week, this parent of an of a athlete texted me and said, Hey, I think your season might get canceled because of this pandemic. And I was like, that's crazy. We've had, we've had things like this before with the bird flu, swine flu, whatever. I was like, season's not going to get canceled. And I just, I, it wasn't even a thought that that would happen. Right. And no, it, was it wasn't like, nothing that it was. I don't even remember ever seeing things on the news that were like the swine flu is going, you know, you can't, you can't go out and talk to people or I never heard the word social distance ever. Right. Uh, the idea of wearing a mask. Uh, was, I mean, I never, I mean, I see people occasionally on an airplane wearing a mask and I get it, like maybe they're sick or they don't want to catch a cold, but very rarely do you see that. And this was like on a different level, right? Like this was completely different and it evolved over like the span of two, three weeks where it went from, oh, this, this, you know, maybe you should just use hand sanitizer, yeah, you know, everywhere you go to, oh, maybe you should just stay home and... (laughs) social distance. Oh, if you do go out, make sure you wear a mask or you might catch COVID. Yeah. So it was crazy how it evolved just in a couple of weeks to the point yeah. where uh, people were genuinely scared to do anything for two or three months. And uh, I didn't like that feeling. Uh, I felt it a little bit. I wouldn't say too much. I, I wasn't deathly afraid of it for lack of a better word, forgive the right. pun there. But I was, I was, you know, I, I was concerned about it and felt that for a couple of weeks, but then I was kind of just like okay you know i gotta live my life a little bit here too yeah um but also be just i wanted to be respectful of the disease that's what i've always told people like it's a real thing it's not fake clearly people are dying from it it's not the flu um we can compare certain numbers to the flu but it's not the flu it's different and we need to respect it that's all yeah so that's kind of what we what i've been kind of where i am now is like Still got to respect it, but not going to live my life in fear anymore. I just can't do it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I've, I've been approaching it too. And here we are we're near the end of 2021, which feels weird. Cause I feel like we just rang in the new year, but we're mm-hmm. in, toward the end of, of 2021. How, how has this pandemic uh, grown you closer to God in the past year? I mean, what, what is maybe the, the emotions that you have felt just in terms of, I know that we've all felt suffering or heartbreak in some, some capacity this past year sports is kind of an outlet for us to kind of cope with that. And for a while we didn't have that, but now we have that back and that sort of stuff. But what's, how has your relationship with God grown through this pandemic and maybe just from the emotions that it has brought onto you? Well, I'll go back to the fear factor for a minute. Like, um, I think, you know, having been a Christian for 20 years, I think sometimes I, you take for granted the fact that you, you've said that you trust in, in God or that you're, giving your whole life to him, uh, that you're surrendering, things like that. Those are words you hear a lot in the Christian world. And I've said those words. I, I, I think I've actually lived out those words on some level, um, hopefully as much as possible, but certainly I fall short. But I think this year, when I think about those words, surrender and trust, like never more has there been a time where we've truly had to trust um, in a God that you can't see, but you believe in and you know is there. Uh, 
And in many ways, because we're trusting in the disease that we can't see, but we know is there and yeah. protecting ourselves from that. And, you know, there's evidence of this disease because people were getting sick and people were dying. So, but you can't see it, right? It's this invisible enemy. But we have this sort of invisible savior as well. And I think the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I can't see God, but I believe in him. I trust in him. I see the evidence of him in creation. I see the evidence of him and the impact that he's had on my heart and my spirit. I see the evidence of him in the goodness of people, especially people in the church. Um, there's also, you know, the other side of that too, unfortunately, but I think I've just learned over the past year to, um, to trust in him completely. I also think that, you know, we, I remember asking this to a lot of people on sports spectrum, you know, what are you learning from God? And they would say that I can't waste this time in this moment. Yeah. And they meant the pandemic and the fact that they were home and the fact that they had time more time than ever. So they couldn't waste it. And I think some people still wasted it because there were so many other worldly things to focus on, like all the things I said, like COVID. And unfortunately, even as we speak, people are still, I would say, wasting a ton of time worrying about things like COVID. Doesn't mean they're not important, but the racial unrest, super important. Things that we have to have conversations about, social justice, things that we have to, to talk about. Um, the the gosh the the political division yeah. that was just running rampant in the fall of 2020 and even into the early part of 2021 and what happened on the Capitol like all of that we were all getting so caught up in it and and I get why but we have this time on our hands and if we're sitting there focused on that when we easily could be sent spending time with God like what are we doing yeah we're missing it. And I missed it some too, but I also think back and think, okay, God, thank you that you gave me more time to spend with you. I hope I didn't waste all of it. You know, I hope that there were times that I was able to draw closer to you. And I think there was, um, I also think that it allowed me to get back into God's word in a way that was different and unique. You know, at the end of 2020, my one word for 2021 was simply Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Because we were so Good. focused on all of these other things. And I'm like thinking to the Jeremy Camp song, he has, a, and I think it's not his song, but it's kind of a hymn that he sings. And it's, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I need to learn more about him. I need to grow closer to him. And again, I failed in some cases in 2021 doing that, but we've been doing a devotional with our, our life group every day. That's just the gospels. So we started January 1st in Matthew, and now we're just finishing Luke in the early part of October and getting ready to go into, um, John and we'll finish John on December 31st. So we did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's all. We didn't read it like 17 times. We were literally just reading it in small bits and pieces throughout the year. And I love that we were able to go through the gospels in a year. It's been great. Yeah. And to draw closer to Jesus, like it's, it's important to think about prayer and patience and all these virtues and all these important things, um, in our faith, but the bottom line is him. And so I think back to the last year and even more to this year and just wanting to get closer to him. Uh, yeah. now, again, I failed in that, um, that time that I've carved out, you know, I carve out 30 minutes on my calendar, Cole, because you know how we roll yeah. between eight and eight 30 in my Apple calendar, it literally says prayer That's awesome. and time with God. And it's like that. I don't know what that always looks like. It's not always prayer, but it's like my 30 minutes. I just need to escape from work for a little bit and spend time with him. So, yeah. Yeah. On the day that we're talking uh, yesterday, just had a, a conversation come out. I talked it's a couple of times. I've talked to this girl. Her name is Valerie Werner. She creates these prayer journals that my wife and I both use. It's really practical, like stuff to, to plan out your prayers for each month. And she's just kind of a, a go-to person for me when it, when it comes to prayer. And one of the things she said in our conversation was, I said, why is it so hard for us to be with God, to spend time with God, even in the past year where a lot of our distractions were taken away from us. Like for me, it's sports. I didn't have that for a while, but 
she said, it's, it's hard because it's just not urgent for so many of us. You know, like we have a fire that, that we need to put out at work. We're going to go put that fire out first before we go and, t- and spend time with God. And I just kind of felt like I-, I was guilty of that, where even the things that normally would distract me when they yeah. were taken away, I just found something else to distract me. And I go back to the quote, I, I reference this probably more than any other quote on the show, but John Mark Comer in one of his books, he says that we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And I think it's so true. Like, obviously the mm. name of this show is In No Hurry. And I, it's kind of a, a, a message that I preach to myself of not trying to be in such a hurry all the time, because I know what happens whenever I do get into a hurry is that it might, my, my, I, I make yes. excuses for why I don't want to spend time with Jesus. So I think that when I look back at the pandemic, for me, like one of the best things that did come out of that was a life that was slowed down, that uh, people had to reconcile, like, like even, even like today we're talking, uh, and yesterday on the day that we're talking was when Instagram and Facebook were down for like almost the entire day. And it's like, what do people <laughs> do when they don't have social media? Like, what are they, like, some people probably were, were super anxious. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it's matter of what are we filling our heart with, um, and and what are we what are we prioritizing? You know, I think whenever you look at your phone, like if you have an iPhone, it tells you how much time you spend on your phone each week. It'll tell you a breakdown of what apps you use. That's a pretty good indication of where your priorities lie. Whenever you look and see, like, well, I spent X amount of hours on Twitter or X amount of hours on whatever it is, you know, and you think back, like, compare that to how much time I spend in the Word today. And it's not to make you feel guilty, but it's just kind of like where are my priorities? That type of thing. I would argue, not argue, I would say that the majority of Christians, Cole, um, do that. Yeah. Like they'll spend five hours, not five hours. Well, maybe some, some people go to a teenager and you're looking at five hours, but maybe two to three hours a day on social media on their phone. And I think you have to be careful because some people actually do a lot of work on their phone. True. So you can't hold everybody hostage to the fact that they're, they're on their phone a lot during the day. Yeah. But you can look and, and see your screen time on certain apps. And if you know that you're spending two and a half hours every day on Twitter, which I don't think I'm guilty for that much, but I'm on Twitter a lot. And part of it is work. Like I'm looking for stories and looking for ideas, but I'm also just kind of lost in the Twitter world. Yeah. Uh, if I've done that and I spend, you know, I, I think I spent 25 minutes this morning. 30 minutes this morning and devotionals and prayer and time with God. Um, and that's great. Like I I'm happy that I was able to do that, but I should definitely be doing more. And I think this, the thing that we have to do though, is we have to give each other as Christians, we have to learn to forgive each other and give each other grace or forgive ourselves and give ourselves some grace and knowing that you don't have to like check boxes on what's available and what's not and how much you did and what time you spent. And okay, today I spent 45 minutes with God, but only an hour with this or like, we have to give ourselves some grace here and not hold ourselves so hostage to the fact that we didn't achieve and do good enough. That's not what relationships are about, right? Like you have a relationship with your wife, you have a relationship with your friends and you're not keeping tabs on the fact that you only spent 30 minutes with this person and you spent 45 minutes with that person. So you just don't do it. That's not how we do it. But you do need to spend time in order to have a relationship with them. So I think God just wants us to spend time with him. Um, he also understands, you know, that we're not God. <laughs> yeah, we are. not We're not. And we try to act like it. And we're supposed to be Christ like, but we're not God. So we we can't. He I think that's why mercy and grace is the most beautiful thing in the Bible. When you look at the nature of God, because he wants us to spend all of our time with him, knowing that we won't. And when we don't, he still shows us the grace and mercy to say, it's okay. I'm still right here with you. I'm still not running away from you. I'm good. And that's beautiful. And I think that's what we got to kind of come running back to every day, running back to him, but also running back to that idea of grace and mercy that he never leaves us. But, and I'll say this, but don't get caught up in just the grace and mercy part and, and thinking that you can go weeks upon weeks upon months upon even years without stepping into a church or opening your Bible or praying and thinking that that's okay. Yeah. Yes, God is still there and his mercy and grace are always there for all of us. But if there's no fruit, if that's not a lifestyle for you to want to pursue him, to want to spend time in church with a body of believers to want to spend time in prayer, to want to serve and give back and do 
good for others and give that is uh that's that's a red flag i think uh, and there are times where i need that red flag for my life but that is a red flag that we just have to remember uh as followers of christ like that's kind of a that's kind of a spiritual checkup for us yeah um that we need to so that's really good yeah you kind of hit on it there it was kind of a nice segue one thing i don't think we talked about the last time we talked was uh, you wrote a book live to forgive all about forgiveness and i think uh, you, you were touching on forgiveness uh, and, and there's obviously many different aspects to, to forgiveness, you know, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, God forgiving us, all that sort of thing. But uh, you also touched on earlier, just kind of the, the social justice, the, the political strife that we went through last year, the division, yes. uh, even now, <clears throat> even now, like as a teacher, I see communities divided over masks and schools requiring masks. And there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of vitriol between people right now and a lot of people that don't want to get along they're they're just people have people are tired of being in a pandemic they're tired of living in the way that we have to live and people there's a lot of people that are just angry and and mean to other people uh when when you think about this past year has how i guess this is kind of weird question i guess but how, how important has that message that you wrote of forgiveness become even more important. I mean, obviously it's always important, but it just feels like at least in the yeah. last decade or so that the last year or two has been really contentious compared to others. And it just feels like forgiveness is something that, especially as Christians, we need to kind of recalibrate and put at the top of our mind. It's, uh, I mean, the name of, of my book is Live to Forgive. And I think there's never been a more, um, there's never been a more important time in, in the life that I've lived than the last 18 months to live a life of forgiveness. And many of us have had to, when we think about what we need to forgive, well, we need to forgive ourselves for some of the things that we've said and done to others. We need to ask God for forgiveness every day, which we already discussed, but we also need to forgive those who disagree with us or believe differently or think differently or even write nasty things on social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's an easy trigger point. And I've been watching this a lot more lately. How do people respond when other people call out something um, to trigger them to as a troll on social media? And it's mostly with people who I know who are in the spotlight, you know, former players, analysts, people like that. And I'm just watching them. I'm not here to judge by any means. And I certainly won't ever judge on social media. Occasionally I'll pop in a, a quote or a reply, but I watch how they respond. And if they respond in love or like, Hey, I'm sorry, you feel that way, but you know, I'll keep trying to do my best or, Hey, I'm sorry, this, or I'm sorry that that's where empathy and, and forgiveness comes in. And I like that when they respond with vitriol or anger, or you don't know what you're talking about, or even shaming the person who said something, even if they're you're right in shaming them, that is that's that's a, that needs that's a heart check that needs to happen. I think for some people. So um, I think never has there been more of a time than I think we actually in many ways have a crisis of forgiveness in our country, um, especially with our leaders. Uh, and I don't just mean political leaders; just all leaders, but political leaders especially too, because there's never they're always holding grudges and pointing to things that happened in the past. The whole idea of forgiveness is moving forward and not worrying about the past. You don't forget it, but you don't hold people hostage of their past. That's really good. Yeah. And I tell you, we do this, Cole, way too much in our country, in our society. We hold people for things, hostage for things that they've done, in some cases, years and years and years ago. And I understand that, you know, as a society, we like to put people, or put the things that people do into categories with like, this was really bad, so we can't forgive this. This was pretty bad, so we can kind of forgive it, but we're gonna keep bringing it up. This one, it wasn't so bad. It was bad at the time, but we've moved on and we're good, so I'm not gonna bring that up. Maybe I'll address it occasionally. And then there's things like, oh, we've done this, and that was bad, but it's not nearly that bad. You know, I only like stole or cheated or something small, so I can forgive that and move on. And it's it's such a it's such a poison for our own souls when we do that. Yeah. It really is. Uh, that's the old line I used in the book. You know, when we drink poison, 
and expect the other person to die, that's unforgiveness. You know, it's like us drinking the poison and saying, ah, yeah, you're the one that deserves to die. And like, nope, actually we're the ones that are, you know, suffering when we don't forgive others. And we hold these, these people hostage for things that they've done for years, dude. And I just, I hate it. I really hate it. Like, especially those, and I've tweeted this a few times who are trying to move forward and improve their life. Yeah, because you're not showing Christ in that manner. Like, I mean, like oh. as Christians, like we it, it, now look, it is hard. I don't know who's listening to this things that they've had to forgive people for, because I know that there are some really, really hard things that people have had to forgive someone for. But I know that you've 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 posted this quote before, and it's in a Matthew West song, something of the long the lines mm-hmm. of like, you know something about it, whenever you are harboring bitterness, you know, whenever you forgive somebody like the prisoner that it really freezes you. Yes. And, and I know that that's been reiterated in, in different ways, but basically like you, you, you are, I don't know what the quote was. I, I'm trying to think of the lyric, but it says like, you find out that the prisoner that it really freezes you whenever you let go of whatever you're harboring and whenever you forgive somebody. And yeah. it's so true because it's like, you, you do feel such a freeing, thing and i know that you're you wrote about your situation with your dad in your book and, and that's been a, a a journey i was listening to you on on uh matt and leslie's podcast talk about that and yeah, you yeah. know like that's been a that's been a journey for you but it's like we, we can learn so much from stories like that of where people have forgiven but also like like you said earlier look to jesus like look look to look to god who has forgiven all of us and as christians we're called to be like that and if god can forgive me of the of all the sins that i have committed I'm called to do the same for my brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's on YouTube, but um, have you seen the chosen Cole? No. And I was just talking about this with my wife and her, her dad the other day. I, I know that I need to watch it. Yeah. I mean, we're all busy, so yeah. it's an investment of time. Yeah. 40 minutes or so a show, but the chosen's free. It's right on their app. Um, so it's not like you have to download Netflix or go any, anywhere like that. It's, it's free. Just download their app and you can watch it right on your phone and cast it or stream it to your TV. Um, it's the best trying to think of the right words here. Um, it was the best thing I saw on television in 2021. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. Um, it was the best Christian faith-based content that I've seen in a long time, maybe ever. And that's a bold statement as well, but I think it is, um, and it's really looking, the chosen are the 12, right? They're the, they're the disciples that Jesus chooses. And the, the story, there's two seasons that are done, and they're, they're going to make seven of them, it sounds like. But they've gotten through two seasons already. So you can go watch, I think it's 16 episodes or 20 episodes. But there is a scene, I think it's season two, in the depiction of the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's on YouTube. I'll have to go look for it. Just that scene. Yeah. But if you ever want to know how to move forward and how we as followers of Christ need to and are expected to, by God, to forgive others, look at that example and that story of Jesus with the woman at the well. And you see this woman coming. You see Jesus saying, hey, I know about you. I know that not only have you been married once, you've been married, you have six husbands but I have forgiven you go and sin no more. And that's Jesus saying, I'm not holding you hostage for what you've done. What you did wasn't good. And I see that, but that was then. And this is now Yeah. go forward, move forward, go and sin no more knowing that she's going to sin. I love the words go and sin no more as in yeah. like, okay, we're all never going to sin again, yeah. but we're not going to be held down by our sin because Christ is with us. And that depiction, and I love the chosen. I need to go back and watch it because I watched it in the summer. I think it was probably like in July uh, of the chosen series. And certainly season two was amazing. But that scene right there and the way they depicted it was just so powerful and such a beautiful example of the forgiveness that God gives us and then expects us to forgive others. And that's in the Lord's prayer, right? Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us or trespass against us. That's expected by us as followers of Christ. Once we say that, 
to expand and extend forgiveness to others. And so the women at the well story, that's what stuck out when you said that Cole, because it was so powerful. And, uh, and unfortunately in our society today, we have many women that come to our wells and we look at them and we just condemn them and we point fingers at them. And we say, do you realize what you've done? I mean, the whole political spectrum right now is that yeah. is the opposite of the woman at the well. It's saying, Oh, you had six husbands and guess what? You're the worst person in the world. I'm going to cancel you. And you got no shot at anything yep. moving forward. Yep. And that's anti-biblical. That is yep. the opposite of who Jesus is. And so I think if we could all, and I not everybody has to believe in Jesus, but if you want to just look at the example of Jesus, man, I tell you, your life would change forever if we all started living like Christ. Yeah, man, that's really good. I think it's a great way to, to, to picture forgiveness, especially in the, in the context of this year. Uh, the final question I always love to ask my guests to the show is called In No Hurry. And we kind of talked about, you know, how we've had some time to rest, uh, you know, this, this past year and a half. But what do you, okay. what do, you do? To, to find rest whenever you're in a busy season? What's kind of your go-to rhythm or rhythms whenever you're trying to just slow down and either spend time with God or just sort of enjoy a slow day? Well, in the fall, I mean, this isn't spending time with God <laughs> by any means, <laughs> but if I can sit on a couch from one to eight and watch football, <laughs> that's my rest. Now, yeah. it also happens to be my job um, in a different way than it was my job at ESPN, but it's right. still my job. You know, we're right. covering sports, but that's kind of a resting time. Like that's where my mind can be turned off from everything else. And I can just watch sports. So yeah. I enjoy that, but to spend more time with God, a couple things. Um, and, and some of this doesn't require me always spending time with God, like specific time, but I try to go for a walk every day. Um, and I know it's getting colder now, so I can't go outside as much as I would like to soon but i did get this stepper treadmill thing for my basement and nice. i've been using that when uh, i can't go outside or when it's raining or something like that but there's time in that that i spend time with god now there's also time where i just escape throw on a podcast that maybe isn't a christian podcast it's a sports podcast or it's somebody interviewing somebody else and i'm just interested in hearing how they interview someone so i can get better at my craft but that's a really good time where I just escape home life. I escape uh, work and the stress that come from that. And I don't have a ton of stress from work, but the stress that comes from it, it just gives me an hour, an hour and a half to just get away. It's my time. I own it. I do it early in the morning, 5.30 or so, 6 o'clock in the morning. And that's me. That's my time. Uh, sometimes during that time, especially if I'm downstairs and I'm on my treadmill thing, I'll be watching a show or watching YouTube or something. So it's not all spiritual based, but that time is important. Mm -hmm. I, I mentioned earlier, probably in the last two months, I've literally added a daily calendar reminder at eight o'clock for prayer and for time with God. That's awesome. And so that's a half hour and it's on the calendar. So I figured if I do that and I don't spend that time, well, there's no excuse. It's not like I can't say I forgot. Now, sometimes I'm out and about and I know the day is just going to get away and there's not going to be that time at that specific eight o'clock moment, yeah. but I put it in there and I keep it in there for a reminder for me. And during the week when I'm home and I'm in my rhythm and my, my basic way of everything that I do, uh, that time is there. And I come into my office and I shut the computer and I turn the phone off and I pray for whatever long that looks like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I have devotionals, three devotionals now that I'm doing, um, the one about the gospels. And I do that first thing in the morning, doing another one from a guy named Ray, Ray Stedman, um, that I've started up again and had done for a while. And that's the Psalms for the month of October. So we're going through the Psalms and I've been going on this new app called Tomi, T-O-M-E, um, which you may hear more of in the future, uh, if conversations lead to potential partnerships. Uh, that's all I'll say. But Tomi is awesome. Um, four to five minute video series uh, devotionals that are done every day. And it's free. You can go right to the app. And I've been watching them and they're really good, high quality. Uh, it's, a, it's a verse. You go through the Bible. It's maybe a two minute sermon, if they can even call it that. And then it's a prayer at the end. And so I'm just kind of getting in more as much of God's word as I can from different spaces. 
to try and I know cram it into 30 minutes isn't the best way to put it, but to kind of get it all done in that time frame. If it goes a little longer, that's fine. But it just starts my day off the right yeah. way, Cole. Like yeah. especially that that walk, that that I come back from the walk, I have my breakfast, take a shower, get dressed, and then come in and then spend that 30 minutes with God. And I'm ready to go by 8:30. I'm just okay, God, I, I thank you for that time. Thank you for that rest. And thank you for that alone time to not think about other things. And it's like, here we go. I'm refreshed. My battery is recharged and ready to go. So that's great. I love it. Jason, this is awesome. Great catching up. Obviously we talk regularly, but nice to catch up. Nice to catch up on the podcast. I always like to ask people too, at the end uh, where people can connect with you, but also we've just got a lot of good stuff going on at sports spectrum. I don't know if you want to plug anything that we've been doing, that I'd rather plug Sports Spectrum stuff than my own all yeah. day long, Cole, <laughs> yeah. um, to be honest with you, but because I'm so proud of the work that we're doing. When yeah. I say we, I mean you and me as well as our team. But I, th- I think right now the big thing I'll plug is two things. Number one, uh, Sports Spectrum's weekly slant, which is uh, a new football show. Uh, I've said this, and I, I'm still standing on this because I haven't found another show yet. It's the only show out there that incorporates football and faith. So if you love football and you love Jesus, I would encourage you to check this show out because it's all football. It's a, it features a guest every week. Um, they're taped on a Tuesday. They run on a Wednesday. So it's a quick turnaround. They're not interviews that were done months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's very current, but it's all football-based. And you know, we've had Pro Football Hall of Famer Jim Kelly. We had Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. We've had Devin McCourty from the New England Patriots. We've had Pastor Derwin Gray. We're going to have um, this week Liberty's head coach, uh, Hugh Freeze. So we're getting football people to talk about football, but also to talk about Jesus. And I love this show. I really do. And I don't have to host it every week, which is great. I get to produce it. (laughs) I love producing. That's really um, where I cut my teeth and what I love to do. Um, So I get to produce Brock Heward this week with, you know, Q freeze and talk about Liberty's football program. So I'll promote that. You can stream it eight o'clock live on Wednesday nights, Eastern time uh, on Facebook, on YouTube and sportspectrum.com. And then it streams throughout the rest of the week. So if you don't watch it live, it's okay. If you find time on a Thursday for 25 minutes, go watch it or Friday or Saturday. Yeah. So that show uh, I'm really excited about. We launched it in early September. It's going to go till the end of January. And uh, I'm just excited where that's going to go. I hope there's partners and potential sponsors and others that want to come on board and be a part of this because I really believe in what the show is yeah. uh, and its uniqueness in football and faith. And faith is such a big part of football. All you got to do is watch an NFL game see, and wait five line. minutes after the game yeah. is over and see about 10 guys go to the 50 yard line and pray. So faith is a big part of football. And that's what we're doing with the weekly slant. The other thing I'll promote real quick is just the magazine. Um, There's a sports spectrum magazine that comes out every quarter. You write an article in it every quarter. Um, I get to be a part of it as well. And just in the past two magazines or so, we have upped our game as far as a ministry with the content, with the interviews, with the, uh, the, the desire to feature different types of athletes and coaches. Uh, I cannot wait for the for the winter edition to come out in December because I'll give you a little sneak preview here for those listening. Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns head coach, is on the cover. We did an exclusive interview with him. Uh, we're going to go and do a photo shoot with him. It's just really great things are happening with Sports Spectrum, things that we haven't done in five years that are happening right now. And I just want to encourage people that are listening to get in on it. And it's the, the magazine is the only thing that we charge. And, and that alone is, if you have a $20 bill, you can get an, you can get a subscription for the whole year. It's $18. I gifted it for my dad and my parents as a Christmas gift. So, and it's a great gift for someone else. I mean, if you're thinking already about holidays, sports spectrum magazine is a great gift for people to get, especially for young people, youth, um, parents like yours, but also for, if you know, a teenager who loves sports, get them, get them sports spectrums magazine. People can subscribe right at the website, sportspectrum.com. Uh, it's $18. Like I said, for one year, it's actually $30 for two years. So it turns into 15 a year. Um, so it's an even better deal if you get a two year subscription. So definitely check it out. And, uh, it's probably the best thing that we've, we've done and we continue to do at sports spectrum. In my opinion is our magazine. Uh, it's high quality. 
It's not cheesy. I promise you that. Yeah. And it's amazing stories, in-depth stories from athletes and coaches who love Jesus. So the magazine is, is pretty cool. I'm thinking too, like I'm an FCA leader at my school and there's people that listen to this that might be as well. Like there's things in there that you can use in your huddles that your Mm -hmm. students can use. Uh, There's devotions in the magazine, not just the stories, but devotionals that you can take with you. Yeah. And if you're a coach, there's all kinds of stuff in there. You get to hear from coaches and their their firsthand perspective. Like we do something every month or every magazine where it's like a, it's like a coach's first, first person. uh, They kind of write a narrative about, you know, their, their faith journey, that kind of thing. So that's right. uh, yeah. So really, really cool stuff in there. And I've, I've been excited to be a part of it. I always get excited whenever I see it come in my mail because it's like the design of it is also just really well, really well done. So mm-hmm. definitely recommend it too. So that's our, that's our, didn't, didn't uh, intend for this to be a, an ad, but here we are. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we're, we're, right. pl- we're plugging it. So it's good. Yeah. Well, Jason, thanks so much for joining, man. This is great. And uh, obviously we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk again soon, but uh, yeah, those listening, check out check out our shows on the Sports Spectrum Network. You know, it's absolutely check out Sports Spectrum and uh, Cole. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for the invite back, and um, I know we'll be talking very soon. Thanks to Jason for joining me again on my podcast. Always enjoy talking to him and hearing his stories. If you haven't read his books yet, I definitely recommend checking those out. You can find those at Amazon or really anywhere the books are sold. Go ahead and check those out. It might be a good gift as well. We were talking about gifts for the holiday season. Those books might make for good gifts for somebody in your life. But if you are not a regular reader of SportsSpectrum.com or a listener of our podcast, I would highly recommend that you check them out. Obviously, I'm biased, but there is a lot of great stuff going on over there. Really, really good stories. We have great guests that come on our network, and we're able to just write some really cool stories on our website and in our magazine, too. So if you're a sports fan and you're a Christian and you love hearing about the faith side of sports, there's quite frankly nobody else that's doing the kind of work that we're doing at Sports Spectrum. So definitely recommend that you check it out if you haven't already and check out the Sports Spectrum podcast that Jason hosts. I think you'll love hearing the interviews on there as well. But thanks for tuning into this podcast. I really appreciate it. If you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, that really does help. Let people know that you enjoyed hearing the show. Feel free to share it and tag Jason and connect with him. He is always down to connect with people on social media. So definitely make sure you connect with him. But that's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys find some time to relax this week and not be in a hurry. And we'll catch you again soon.